Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh my God, fun. Okay. This voice is Hannah. And this voice is Marissa. Also, would probably am is our turn on by it. Hart Slahowski? Yeah. Of course. Doesn't actually no. make a ton of sense. No. What are you doing? Are you talking to yourself? <gasps> oh my God, I already hate this story. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because I just thought you could like bleed suddenly yeah. at any good moment. <laughs> my erotic fan fiction isn't fucking interesting enough for you. Hello, you're listening to Tell Us More podcast. I promise that when I learn guitar, I will do an acoustic version of every single Britney Spears song. Oh my god, a great promise that I will hold you to. Thank you. I'm signing up for guitar lessons. I'm in communication with a guitar teacher right now. I'm so proud of you. I always wanted to, and now that I know that I have ADHD, it explains why I could never sit myself down and fucking do it. Right. So now I'm excited to get my medication and do the things I've always wanted to do. Live your best life. I'm living your best undistracted life. I'm. I really feel like the quality of my life is going to improve significantly once focus. I can focus on my life. It's like that part in "I Don't Fuck with You," the, the music video when Kanye comes in and goes, "Focus." Have you seen? Oh, because he's the football coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I hate that part of the fucking video, but um, it just popped in my head. That song always makes me laugh because I. So Linda used to live in a townhouse, and it was just her and her brothers sometimes in college. And we would obviously go over to the townhouse to drink because we were underage, and Mm -hmm. her brothers, never mind, I'm not going to rat them out, would uh, Would not condone it. Her brothers never condoned it. Um, They encouraged us to stop drinking and use pamphlets and presentations. Mm -hmm. Find Jesus. We did. Um, regardless, uh, so we were at her house and I was like, I had like just had a really big fight with Jared and I like read them the letter that he wrote me and I was going to break up with him. And then Lucia, like, I don't fuck with you came on and she turned it all the way up and she was like, this is dedicated to Jared. And I was like, you got him. Yes. There you, you go, girl. It's snowing. Fuck off, snow. Put me on the phone with mother nature. I don't. I don't have her number. She's been off the grid. What were we? We were t- in the middle. Oh, I know all the words to I don't fuck with you. That was what I was oh. saying. I love the part where he says, and I'm rolling weed that's fucking up the ozone. <laughs> I love like the way people say things. Like how, you know, on KDWB, yeah. the musical moment. Yeah. My, like, I have loved having a musical moment. I love yeah. looking forward to the way that people say things. Pretty much that entire song, I enjoy how Big Sean says everything. Yes. It's just like, it's all funny. It's a good song. Fuck with it. Yeah. He won't fuck with you, but you should fuck with it. Big Sean was a huge part of my call, end of college, whatever that album came out. was it like was a good album. Because then he was also at Soundset. It was 2015. He was also at Soundset. Ooh. And Lucia and I saw it. And that was just like a really good year for Soundset. Ice Cube was there. I love Ice Cube. Yeah. I can't remember the other people. <laughs> just Ice Cube and Big Ice Sean. Cube, they were the only Sean, people there. Flappers Zombies. <laughs> Flabush. Flabush. Flabush zombie. Flabush is also going to be at Sunset this year. I know. I'm excited. Which reminded me that we already bought our tickets and I know. don't have to worry about it at We're all. geniuses. Literally. Um, did you listen to Left Hand by Beast Coast with Flabush? Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's good shit. I love it. Welcome to my music collection. My name is Hannah. I'm going to replay you until I'm sick of you. I have a habit of doing that. I, I will binge music the way that I... Like, people binge shows. Like, oh, yeah, I'm same. only ever in mood for, like, one artist yep. at a time. Yep. But I have the... So, I'll do that, but then I, I thankfully, will, like, get off the train, and then I'll come back, like, two weeks later or, like, a month later. Mm-hmm. Like, I was re-listening to Ariana Grande's album the other day, and I was like, I haven't listened to this in so fucking long, and it's still so good! It bangs. <laughs> it does. Both of them. 
both of Thank them. Thank you, Next is better than Sweetener, but Sweetener's still good. It is. I mean, Sweetener ha- Sweetener was what she needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. As exactly. was Thank You, Next. Exactly. Good for her. Good job, Ariana Grande. We're all very proud of you. Yes, but is she coming in June? No? July. July now. July. Interesting. Yes. Cool. We also love Pete Davidson, and it's okay that they're not together anymore. It is okay. I just want him to be happy, and I want her to be happy. I feel like you only love Pete Davidson because he's friends with Machine Gun Kelly. He's his best friend. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any particular feelings towards Pete Davidson, but I'm glad that he's fine. And Kate Beckinsale's getting that dick. That big dick energy. Apparently. She's killing that. That cougar. I did like on Saturday Night Live when... He was on Weekend Update, and they were like, yeah, everybody is obsessed with your relationship. He's like, yeah, but if you have a problem with it, you can ask. And then he listed all these men that are dating younger oh, women. Oh, good job. And I was like, good job, Pete. Fuck yeah. yeah. Get with Kate Beckinsale, bitch. Yeah. Be with who you need. And then, and then move on. And then don't. <laughs> and then don't be with them anymore. And that's my expert advice. Yeah. I mean, that's how, like, relationships work, you know? Yeah. Unless you're me. By the time this comes out, I'm just going to roll over that sad moment. <laughs> By the time this comes out, I'm going to have my, I'm literally going to be living in Minneapolis. Yeah! So exciting. I know, that's so exciting. You're finally going to be close to me. Yeah, I know. That's exciting. Close to me. To me. <laughs> and then you can come and hang out at Trivia. I know. Well, that yeah. means it's episode, season two, episode 24, and you're first. I'm first. You're first. Me, it's me. Okay. So this one's really short. But yours is long. Super you told long. Me, so. Mine's five pages. Holy fuck! Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, first we're going to talk about Sybil Ludington, who I texted you and asked if you had seen her drunk history. And I said no. I watched it, and it was funny. Also, everyone should watch it. It's great. Drunk history in general is great. I want to be on Drunk History. Me Thank too. you, Derek Waters. Me too. We should be on it together, Derek Waters. Hey, Derek Listen Waters. Listen to this banter, Derek Waters. Derek Imagine us drunk. <laughs> Imagine us drunk and still being funny. Sybil Ludington was born on April 16th, 1761, also in Aries, I think. Yes. Her family moved to Dutchess County, New York, shortly after she was born, and there her mother gave birth to 11 more children. Yuck. Yeah, it was 1700s. Her father was a prominent figure in the community. While working on his mill, his farm, and his family, he also was heavily involved with civic and military duties. He was a member of the New York Assembly from 1777 to 1781, and he also served as a member of the Committee of Safety, which was considered law in many places at the time. So he's like basically like a cop, kind of. Okay. Just like involved Who is in the man? law. Who was the man? This is her oh, dad. Oh, her dad. Okay, this okay. Is her dad. On April 25th, 1777, 2,000 men of the British forces landed at Fairfield with 20 transports and six warships, and the next day the force moved Fourth into Danbury, Connecticut, where they began to search for the Continental Army's stores of weaponry and supplies. So basically all of the Continental Army had moved all of their supplies and their weapons and everything that they needed to Danbury. So now the British are there and they're, like, destroying everything. The British have came, Paul Revere warned you. Exactly. That's very on theme. Thank you. Um, they also left chalk marks on properties of British uh, loyalists and informers, and properties without chalk marks were to be burned to the ground. Oh. Yeah. The British were not cool at this time. Uh, (laughs) The British were not cool at this time. The British were like assholes at this time. So like a super not cool thing happened. Um, The British burned stuff. Kind of not great. Right. Rude. Honestly. Uh, And then they found rum. 
and decided to consume it rather than destroy it. So now the British are just, like, getting all drunk. And more fires were started by the drunken soldiers. Are you sure they weren't Scottish? (laughs) I don't think so. I think the Scottish were really busy getting drunk in their own land. That's true. Because they couldn't give a fuck. Exactly. You can't drink while sailing. Right. Bye. I have better things to do. I have to mine the potatoes or whatever. What is happening? Mine the the potatoes. Garden the potatoes. I'm dying from the famine. Also that. Ooh, I'm going to do an episode on the potato famine. Oh, that sounds good. Like, it's really going to be uplifting and mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Actually, that'll be my drunk history episode. Okay. Okay, so they're getting drunk. They're burning shit down. And then, so basically, so that's all happening. And then messengers were dispatched in all directions to announce that the British, uh, of the British arrival and the news of the fires. By 4 p.m., several Continental Army storehouses and three private homes were in flames. For security reasons, the Continental Army had recently... Tra- oh, I already told you this. They transferred all of their supplies um, up to Danbury. So the stores included f- foodstuffs such as flour, beef, pork, sugar, molasses, coffee, rice, wheat, corn, and several hundred cases of wine and rum. And that's oh. why they then got shit-faced off of that. So is that what Paul Revere was warning them about? Yes, but I think it was at a different time. Okay. I will tell you in a minute. Oh, okay. So Colonel Henry L- Luddington, so this is Sybil's dad again, we're back to dad, was a respected militia officer who commanded the 7th Regiment of the Dutchess County Militia, a volunteer regiment of local men during the Revolutionary War. He was in charge of the local militia and later became an aide to General George Washington during the Battle of White Plains. At the time of the Danbury attack, Luddington's militia numbered about 400 men. An exhausted messenger, because remember, the messengers were dispatched to go tell everyone that the British were burning shit and they're getting drunk. Yeah. Hey, is that why they say don't shoot the messenger, do you think? Why would you shoot him? Because you're mad at what he has to say. I mean, maybe. But mm-hmm. mostly he was just letting them know. Okay. So he shows up at the Luddington's house, essentially. And he... Gets there around 9 p.m. to Colonel Luddington's house with news of the attack. Colonel Luddington began to organize the militia, but his men had returned to their homes for spring planting and were scattered throughout the area. So the messenger was exhausted and not familiar with the area because he had come from Danbury so quickly. Mm -hmm. He was like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know where I am. Where all the people live. Like, I'm just tired. I have, I need a nap. I need some water. I'm, I'm parched. I'm famished. (laughs) Exactly. 16-year-old Sybil, however. 16-year-old Sybil. 16. Well, it's always the teen girls that save the day. Exactly. Was very familiar with the area. So it's debated whether or not she actually volunteered or whether her father told her she had to do this. Yeah. A lot of the stories say... <coughs> Dad, I'm a teenager. Right, I know. Was that like a... Uh, it's a moody teenager. Yeah, it was like a most popular girls in school except for in the revolutionary Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. She might have volunteered, but essentially it's decided that she is going to sound the alarm, essentially. Bring the alarm, Beyonce. So, exactly. So she and her horse star set out to alarm everyone of the approach of enemy troops. Her active patriotism is similar to that of Paul Revere's, but she rode more than twice the distance of Paul Revere. Of course she did, and of course we don't know about her. And again, she was 16. (laughs) Sybil's ride started shortly after 9 p.m. on April 26, 1777. She used a stick to prod her horse and knock on doors. She also managed to defend herself uh, against highwaymen, which were like robbers. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, with that stick, in some cases, it's reported that it was her father's musket that she had, but in mm-hmm. other cases, she only had the stick. I got this from oh, I got this one mostly from Wikipedia, but I read a couple articles because I read the one about the stick first, and in the drunk history, she has a stick. 
And she's just knocking oh, on I shit. I love that. Yeah. So, okay. So she's fighting off the highwaymen uh, and she's yelling, the British are burning Danbury. The British are burning everything. Get the fuck up and get to my dad's house at daybreak. Yes. She's my dad's through. having people over. My dad's having a party. We need to fucking go. Go to my dad's party. It's a double whammy. We gotta kill the British. You have to get out of here anyway, and my dad's having a party, so come to my dad's party and be exactly. safe. Exactly. Exactly. He's letting us drink. Stick. Banging on the my stick. Um, <laughs> don't touch my stick. Don't touch my stick. Okay, so she shouted that out at the farmhouses as she rode through the dark, rainy night to Carmel, onto Mahopoc, then to Kent Cliffs, and from there to Farmer's Mills, and then back home. When she returned at dawn the next morning, soaked from the rain and exhausted from riding more than 40 miles in an evening, 16. That poor horse. <laughs> yeah. More than I want to do an episode on the horse. More than four. Well, its name is Star. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's all I know. Okay. But by the time that she returned to her father's house, more than 400 of the soldiers were ready to march. So banging very party. successful trip, banging and yelling and riding Great the horse. Party. Great party. <laughs> um, Lettington and his militiamen were unfortunately too late to save Danbury. The, main, the next main encounter was the Battle of Ridgefield later that day, but they missed that as well. How do they just know? Is there like a time that these battles are set for, know. or does the battle begin once they get there and they know? No name? idea. Because, like, like, well, obviously with Danbury, like, they got there and, like, everything was in flames and everything was gone. But, like, I don't know how they knew that then later that day that there was a battle at Ridgefield, but they missed it. So, like, <laughs> kind of like... They're running late. When when people are like, fight! There's going to be a fight after school! Yeah. And then you know that, that there's going to be a fight after school. Did you know that Nick Brecken and Alex Boisner almost fought over me in high school? Wow, I didn't know that. Because they didn't like each other. <laughs> and they liked and they, you? Well, I was dating Nick and Alex was, like, my best friend at the time. Oh. So, it caused a rift. I don't think they actually fighted, though. I don't know. I didn't even stay to watch because I was so annoyed with the entire thing. You're like, this is dumb. Yeah, I was like, so I'm leaving. stop fighting over me. Oh, my God, you guys. Stop fighting over guys, me. Guys, fine. Stop. My dad's here. I have to go. Guys, I gotta go. I gotta catch the bus because I still can't drive and I'm 17. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't drive at 17, but I was no longer dating him, so. Oh, good. Fine. Yeah. Um, Wait. When did you get your license? Spirit Week senior year. So, like, October. Oh, my God. Why did you wait that long? Because I was in a car accident when I was 15, and I really, really hated driving. It scared me a lot. Oh, okay. Also, I failed my first test. That's okay. Yeah. I should have failed mine. I took a left on a green that I was supposed to yield to the smart, or the straights, the yeah. straight people. That's flying. what happened. That's, uh, if you were a dump truck and this was March 3rd, it would have been you that hit me. Uh-huh. So. I didn't, though. That's good. I just, like, threatened mine really in the driver's really, life. It was fine. It's really, it sucked. That would have really sucked. I'm sorry. But I ne I've never done that again, so. There you go. Um, and I passed it the second time, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. Um, Everybody's on a different journey. Right. So. Oh, so the, so, okay, whatever. So they didn't make it to the, this, this militia, Ludington's militia, didn't make it to the Battle of Ridgefield. Excuse me. But several hundred militia confronted the British there and were driven away in a running battle down the town's main street, but not before before inflicting casualties on the British. So even though they didn't make it to that one, they the other people still inflicted some casualties, uh, but then they were run out okay. in a battle down Main Street, which I think is just hilarious. Like, picture a bunch of soldiers just, like, running down Main Street Lakeville. I was just going to say Main Street Lakeville <laughs> is what I was thinking of. That's just wrong. Um, and then 
okay, so what happened next? Then, during the night, the Patriot Militia regrouped and were expanded by the arrival of more militia from Connecticut, as well as Colonel Ludington's 7th Militia Regiment. So now, they're all, like, fucking gathered together. They're like, let's do this, bitch. So, uh, the militia... <laughs> harassed the British column as it moved south. Yeah, fuck you, Brits. Pretty much, which resembled the British retreat from Concord at the start of the war. From behind convenient stone walls, trees, and buildings, the militia constantly fired at the British column all the way to Long Island Island Sound where the British fleet awaited them. So basically, they were, like, trying to go further south, and all of the militia was, like, lined up against the walls and, like, the whole area and just shooting at them and being like, you suck! Hey, you guys suck! Go back to England! Boo! No one wants you here! Boo! Other high school! Exactly. Exactly. And it's America, so with guns, too. So. Yeah. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, it's it is. It's a deep place. Dark place. Uh-huh. Unlike the Revolutionary War, where um, everything was super happy. <laughs> unlike the Revolutionary War. Um, okay, so back to Sybil. She was congratulated for her heroism by friends and neighbors, and also by General George Washington. It is not known whether during her lifetime any attention was actually given to her ride. Like, other than the congratulations. Course, because it's a woman, why would we credit her with being way better than Paul Revere and making way more of a difference? Yeah. Because she has a vagina. She has a hole in between her legs instead of a sure. stick. I'm not sure if she made a, more of a difference, but they can be together. She was younger and rode more miles. I mean, she cared more. Clearly. She did. Well, she had a she stick. Had a stick. <laughs> Um, we must both, we'll be her for Halloween and get sticks and yeah. then ride fake horses. Yeah. People will be like, who the fuck are you? And be like, we're like, Sybil fucking Luddington, you coont. You uncultured swine. People suck. Go to school. Listen to our podcast. Yeah. Why aren't you listening? You'd know. You'd get the refi. You would know. Um... Okay, so in 1935, the New York State Education Department posted historical markers tracing Sybil's uh, probable route and her home site. So then they like put markers along the road and were like, this is where Sybil went. Just before the bicentennial... Do you have a question? Nope. Just okay. dancing. Got it. <laughs> Just before the bicentennial of the American Revolution in 1976, Sybil Ludington was adopted as a symbol of the National Women's Party for use in campaigning for an equal rights amendment. And in 1975, the Ludington... Oh, Ludington became the 35th woman to be honored on a United States postal stamp. Dramas, an opera, and a marathon have been named for her. Each April since 1979, the Sybil Ludington 50-kilometer run has been held in Carmel, New York. The course of this hilly road race approximates Sybil's historic ride and finishes near her statue in Carmel, New York. So she has a statue. Good. It's super badass. Okay, good. It's literally her riding side saddle on the horse with a fucking stick. Okay, I need to go to New York now just specifically just for that. to see that statue. So there are also, so there's the, you probably heard of this poem. It's by a guy named Longfellow. It's about Paul Revere. Hey, I live on, on Longfellow. Weird. Yeah. That's where we are right now. That's where we are right now. Well, he wrote the poem about Paul Revere, so we don't care about him as much. But that one goes, Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. A guy named Braley wrote a poem about Sybil. Fuck yeah. And in that one it goes, Listen, my children, and you shall hear of a lovely feminine Paul Revere who rode an equally famous ride through a different part of the countryside where Sybil Ludington's name recalls a ride as daring as that of Paul's. Fuck. Yes. Put that, Put get a picture of her, put that poem under it. Okay. 
I'm also, <laughs> I'm going to get a statue of Sybil Weddington <laughs> with her stick. I'm sure there's a gift shop somewhere that I could get a mini one. Okay. That is a knickknack I would allow. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's it. <gasps> that's Sybil. Oh, it's Sarah. Um, someone just walked outside the door yeah. and freaked her out. And her name is Sarah. It's her and she lives here. And they were roommates. But anyways, go. It's your okay. turn. Okay. Tell me the story. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Go. <laughs> no, please. I'm listening. January 19th, 1946. American singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, record producer, Ooh. actress, author, businesswoman, Ooh. Ooh. and philanthropist, known primarily for her work in country music, popped out of the womb. Wait, pause quickly. What did you just say? Phil philanthropist. Philanthropist. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that that was what you were, I, I just, okay. Philanthropist. Philanthropist. Okay. That's not for, you can cut that out just for future oh, reference. Oh, no, that's okay. Philanthropist. We'll go with it. Who am I talking about? Dolly Rebecca. Her middle name is Rebecca? Her middle name is Rebecca. Oh my god. Hell yeah, you have five pages on Miss Dolly Parton. Fuck yes, I do. That's so accurate because I was listening to 90s Country on the way over here yeah. and I... Okay. Yes, oh yeah. Go. Oh yeah. I'm so excited. Um, she was born in a one-room cabin on the banks of Little Pigeon River in Pittman Center, Tennessee. That sounds like a fake story. I love it. She lives Little Pigeon River in a one-room cabin. I was born in Little Pigeon River. I can't do anything I anymore. I can't do a Dolly. She has 11 siblings. Oh my god, so does. I know. Sybil. I was going to say that too, um, but then I didn't. So she, <laughs> then I didn't. And she is the fourth oldest. Okay. So she has long credited her father with her business savvy, but he also couldn't read or write. Okay. Doesn't mean he's not business, business savvy. Business mind. Business mind. And her mom for her musical abilities. I'm so excited. I know. I love Dolly. She began performing as a child, and she sung on local radio televisions television programs in East Tennessee, mm -hmm. and by 10, she was appearing on the Cass Walker Show. Ooh. I know, and at 13, she was recording her single, Puppy Love. Stop. Yep. At 13? At 13, she was Shit. signed to Gold Band Records, which was a small record label in um, Louisiana. Oh. No, it was with Louisiana. Shit. Then she appeared at the Grand Ole Opry, and this is where she met Johnny Cash, who encouraged her to follow her own instincts regarding her career. I just want to say, this is like my favorite time of country. Like, I love all music, but if we have to go to a time of country music, this is my favorite. I love it. Yeah. I like more folk. And yeah. I actually have always wanted to learn how to play the banjo, but Sarah should, said she wouldn't live with me if I played the banjo. Well, you can learn to play the guitar, and then that will help you in transfer to, to banjo. Learn the banjo quietly so Sarah can't hear you. She said she wants to hear a guitar, not a banjo. Okay. Maybe I'll practice in the ground as well. Anyway. God! God! <laughs> she moved to Nashville the day after she graduated high school. Hell yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. You did that in a way, roundabout way. I did that the day after I graduated college. Exactly. I, I mean, and by the day, I mean three months later. Three months later, yeah. But that's okay. Um, so she wrote songs with her Uncle Bill. They were just their, their writing partner, partners. Partner. Uh, I'm not going to list any of the songs because they, I don't know them. Okay. So a lot of, cool. lot of songs. Uh, 1966, her composition of Put It Off Until Tomorrow, as recorded by Bill Phillips with Parton, uncredited on Harmony. And I left that in there because why would you uncredit her? Because you should credit her. She's fucking Dolly Parton, bitch. Exactly. Uh, it went number six on the country chart, and the, lab the label, the oh. label, relented, but allowed her to record country. How old is she, like 18, 19 at this point? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, She's shit. 20, because she was born in 46. Shit. Yeah. Her first country single, Dumb Blonde, was one of the only songs she didn't write herself, but recorded. It went to number 24 on the country chart. That's a good song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. May 30th, 1966, Dolly Parton and Carl Thomas Dean were married in Ringgold, Georgia. 
love everything that's happening. I, this is a great story. Although Parton does not use Dean's surname professionally, she has stated that on her passport it says Dolly Parton Dean and that she sometimes uses Dean when signing contracts. Dean, who is retired from running an asphalt road paving business in at Nashville, has only shunned publicity and rarely accompanies his wife to any events. According to Parton, he has seen her perform only once. She has also said in interviews that, although it appears they spend little time together, it is simply that no one sees him publicly. She has commented on Dean's romantic side, saying that he does spontaneous things to surprise her and sometimes even writes poems for her. In 2011, Parton said, We're really proud of our marriage. It's the first for both of us and the last. They're so married. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. There, uh, there's another, I'll bring him up okay. in a little yep. bit. Um, they raised, um, several of her younger siblings, I'm okay. assuming because her oh, parents died. Oh, yeah, I think I knew that. And, uh, leading her nieces and nephews to refer to her as Aunt Granny. Oh! A moniker that okay. later lent its name to one of Parton's Dollywood restaurants. The oh. couple have no children of their own, but she is Miley Cyrus's godmother. She is. And I will get to that as well. Um, and just side note... Literally everything she does, she names after herself. Which she should. And that is such a you move. I know. When I was, I love Dolly Parton. When I was reading this, I was like, Hannah is Dolly Parton. If, I love if Dolly Parton died in 1993, I would say that you were the reincarnated version of Dolly Parton. I, that is just, uh, that's a very big mm -hmm. uh, honor, and I don't think I deserve that, but, but thank you a lot. in terms of style and thank sass. You. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I would name my own amusement park Hannah Lamb. Yes, you would. As rightfully as you should. Uh, 1967, musician and country music entertainer Porter Wagner invited Parton to join his organization. What? I just, I, I know who Porter is. Okay. <laughs> you should have done this one. No, no, no. I'm so excited. Keep talking about it. Um, offering her a regular spot on his weekly syndicated television program, The Porter Wagner Show, mm -hmm. and in his road show. Um, but in her 1994 autobiography, basically everybody hated that Norma Jean left, which was the original woman on the show, mm -hmm. and chanted loudly for Norma Jean from oh, the audience. Fuck them. But, so, no, so nobody wanted her at first, but then oh. obviously it's Dolly Parton, so she proved herself. Right. And she imported her together for a long time. Oh, yeah. He actually convinced his record label, RCA Victor, to sign her. RCA decided to protect their investment by releasing her first single as a duet with Wagner. Mm -hmm. That song, a remake of Tom Paxton's The Last Thing on My Mind, released in late 1967, reached the country top 10 in January 1968, launching a six-year streak of virtually uninterrupted top 10 singles for the pair. Hell yes. None of her own songs were successful. Or none of her songs, I think at this time, were as successful as her duets with Wagner right. at this People time. People knew who Porter was. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1968, the duo was named Vocal Group of the Year by the Country Music Association, but Parton's solo records were continually ignored. So they were like, yeah, that's great, you do your own thing, but like, also there's a man involved in this one. Right, let's pay attention to this one. Dumb. Uh, 1969, Porter was her co-producer and owned nearly half of OPAR, the publishing company Parton had founded with her with Bill Owens, which is her uncle. 1970, both Parton and Wagner had grown frustrated by her lack of solo chart success. So at least Wagner was like, this is also dumb. Mm -hmm. You should be famous. This is very dumb. Mm -hmm. Wagner persuaded Parton to record Jimmy Rogers' Mule Skinner Blues, a gimmick that worked. So the record shot to number three in February 1971. She had her first number one single, Hell Joshua. Yeah. For the next two years, she had numerous solo hits. Oh yeah. And of her biggest, Jolene... 
which now that I have red hair and I have green eyes, mm-hmm. I am Jolene. So sometimes you get Jolene and sometimes you are Jolene. I'm Dolly Parton and, and you're yes. Jolene. Yeah, I don't. I would never take your man. We don't oh, have no. the same taste in men. No, you wouldn't have to write but a song begging me not to. Theatrics and <laughs> for the for the for the show's purpose. In terms of theatrics, mm-hmm. you would nah, nobody would ever have to beg me to not take their man. I would never do that. But I have pale skin, green eyes, and red hair now. So. So, so I'm just saying the description fits, but Jolene, I'm not terrible. Please don't take him just because he can. Jolene, 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 my toes are like pointed because I'm so excited that you're telling me all about Dolly Parton. Oh my god, I literally you're just so jealous. I love it. So she always wanted a solo career, so she made the decision to leave Wagner's organization, mm-hmm. but they were still chill. Uh, he helped her produce her records through 1975, and they continued to release duets together. Yeah. Um, but their last one was 1975, Save Forever, You'll Be Mine. In 1974, her song, I Will Always Love You, was written about her professional break from Wagner. It went to number one on the country chart. Around the same time, Elvis Presley indicated that he wanted to record the song. Parton was interested until Presley's Wiley manager, Colonel Tom Parker, told her that it was standard procedure for the songwriter to sign over half of the publishing rights to any song recorded to Presley, and Parton refused. Which is why she's so fucking rich. So again, thank you, Johnny Cash, for telling Parton, Dolly, to trust her instincts, because that's so Elvis basically wanted to record that song, and then they wanted to take half of the earnings, and she was like, no, so she did it herself. Good for her! Yeah. Um, she had three solo singles reach number one on the country chart in 1974, which, again, Jolene, I Will Always Love You, and then Love Is Like a Butterfly. Uh, and then 74 to 80, she just kept being at... Amazing. In the top ten. Eight of those top ten were number one. Holy shit. Yeah. So. Good job. Uh, and then, a very you thing, she had her own syndicated television variety show called Dolly. Yeah! 19, it only lasted a year, but it's okay. She does a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, she's probably okay. She's pretty busy. <laughs> uh, at this time, she wanted to venture over to mainstream, and though, so she wanted to get into pop, and it didn't really do that that well. Yeah, sometimes. But it's okay. We take adventures. Sometimes there are hits. Sometimes there, there are misses. Yeah, exactly. One of, so in 1977, Here You Come Again became her first million seller, topping the country album chart and reaching number 20 on the pop chart. So she wanted to just do a little crossover. Cute, I love it. A little crossover, a little dabble. Then randomly, she was on the love boat in 1977. Oh. A short cameo in episode 13 as the boat captain's silent wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Can't imagine her being silent. No. Also, I have never seen an episode of Love Boat, so Me it's either. probably okay. Uh, 1978, she won a Grammy for Best Female Country Vocal Performance for Here You Come Again. Beautiful. She got a lot of attention from this, uh, so she got her own joint special with Carol Burnett on CBS Ooh. called Carol and Dolly in Nashville. She's got a I lot didn't of know success. That existed. Yeah, she's on TV a lot. She's doing a lot of things. Cool. Mm-hmm. Parton turned down several offers to pose nude for Playboy. Okay. But good. she did. She was on the cover, but in a bunny outfit uh, with. Com- uh, bunny ears. Oh so, yeah, October nineteen seventy eight. I would so do she, the cover. Oh yeah, me too. If I would, my parents were dead, then I oh, would do the inside. Oh, I I still wouldn't want to pose nude. I just mean like I'm a just tasteful like, nude. Mama. In my butt. You can't see in my vagina. In your butt? No, of my butt. Oh yeah, my yeah, butt. Yeah. I would do a cute. Oh, thing I would do with like a butt. cute nude pose, like where I, my legs are like crossed. I wouldn't want anybody to see my boobies. Just because. 
I feel like no, I'm totally for you. Oh no no no! I know. I was just saying like yeah. I, it's tits or tits. Yeah, they're just fat just sacks like, hanging off your body. They're just tits or tits. They're just fat sacks hanging off your body. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of like, yeah, you can see my butt and like my boobs are great too, but you're not gonna know Ooh, that. Oh, you could do like a cute like over the shoulder moment, like a little booty, but like yeah. arch your back and like ooh, ooh. <laughs> I wish this was visual so people could see what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Anyway. Dolly. 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 Yeah. I can't stop Dolly. reading it in Pitbull's voice, and I hate myself. Dolly. Dolly. Um, and then, for some reason, RCA Records didn't renew her contract, so she went over to Columbia in 1987. Fucking. Even though she's fucking Dolly Parton, like, she's Dolly Parton, and you didn't want to renew Seems your contract? like a misstep on their part. Exactly. With eight number one records in one year. <laughs> okay, RCA. Anyway. Someone at RCA was fired for that decision. It's okay. Uh, good. I hope so. I hope somebody was punished. Anyway. In 1980, she starred in her first feature-length film called 9 to 5. It was a comedy. Um, and it was about the discrimination of women in a working environment. Mm-hmm. And it created awareness of the National Association of Working Women, 9 to 5. Yep. It was a major box office hit. Made over $3.9 million its opening weekend. And $103 million worldwide. And Parton was named top female box office star by the Motion Picture Herald in both 1981 and 1982 just because of that film. Damn. And she played a secretary in it. Have you seen it? No. I haven't either. We should watch that one. Jane's good. Jane Fonda and Lily Tom Tomlin? Tomlin? Something? Lily Tomlin. Yeah. They were in it too. What? Yeah. Grace and Frankie? Are they both great? Lily Tomlin, Frankie? Or Grace? Yes! Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, they were in that movie. They I am together. shook to my core. Why is Dolly not on Grace and Frankie then? That's annoying. I hope they like They probably don't have, I mean, it started as a Netflix show before Netflix shows were like big, so they probably don't have the budget. Props. Maybe now. But Netflix comes into play in a little bit. Oh! Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Yay, now I really want to watch that movie. <laughs> 1981, late 1981, she began filming her second film, which is The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Love it. 1982. This earned her a second nomination for a Golden Globe. Hell yeah! And um, it was a positive reviews, earned over $69 million. And then in 1984, Rhinestone with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yep. that's a movie? Yep, it's basically, so you know how in She's All That, they try to make her prom queen. Mm-hmm. That's like the premise. This is kind of like the country version, except she tries to make him a country star. Why do people think Sylvester Stallone can act? I don't know. Okay. I wish I had a, a, a better an answer. answer. <laughs> um, it it cost twenty eight million to make and made twenty one million, Ooh. so it was bad. I'm not shocked. Again, yep. why do people think he can exactly? Act? He's just an action film guy, right? Like it's just like you can't. You don't have to really act if you're beating people up. People don't care about. Wasn't he something else first? Or has is he always he Rambo? Been? Is Sylvester Stallone Rambo, or is that? The I think so. Quick you can Google. Google Rambo. Here are matches for Rambo. Sylvester Stallone. I'm gonna say I feel like I thought he was. Here are some selections starring Sylvester Stallone. He's in Creed. Oh, he's an American actor. I thought he was like. Yeah, he's Rambo, and he's also the coach in Creed. Okay, I 100% thought that he was originally a boxer, and that's why they cast him in Rocky. Oh, is he the one in Rocky? He's Rocky. Oh my god, I totally didn't know that. But apparently, he's just an actor. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was, I thought he just like fell into acting. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, 
I'm thinking of Steven Seagal. That's Rambo. No. Sylvester Stallone is still Rambo. Oh. I, for some reason... He's Rambo and Rocky? Mm-hmm. Wow. In 1992, Whitney Houston recorded I Will Always Love You for the soundtrack for The Bodyguard. But remember, that was originally a Dolly song. I did not know that that was originally a Dolly song. It was originally a Dolly song, so she made bank off that. Holy shit. Good for her. Yep. Um, again, she's Miley Cyrus's godmother. Yep. So she met Billy Ray Cyrus while he was on his Achy Breaky Heart tour, and then I guess they just hit it off. And Miley was born the same that same year, so I think that's oh. just why there was no other reason given as to why he chose Dolly Parton. I think they were just really good friends. Yeah. And since Miley I mean, was... hell yeah, why not? If you're good friends exactly. with Dolly Parton. And then I wrote, she did some bluegrass albums. So talented. <laughs> Because there's so much about her that I literally tried to chop up a lot of stuff because it's already five pages. So that was my summary. Uh, 1998, Nashville Business ranked her the wealthiest country music star. And in 2001, she was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Oh, and on a 2003 episode of the Oprah Winfrey Show, uh, Oprah just basically asked her about cosmetic surgery. And she, Dolly replied that cosmetic surgery was imperative in keeping with her famous image. She has repeatedly joked about her physical image and surgery, saying it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. Her breasts... <laughs> I love her! Her breasts have garnered her mentions in several songs, and when asked about future plastic surgeries, she famously said, if I see something sagging, bagging, or dragging, I'll get it nipped, tucked, or sucked. Parton's oh feminine escapism is acknowledged in her words, womanhood was a difficult thing to get a grip on in those hills unless you were a man. Mm. So, got it. take charge, dolls. Uh, the association of breasts with Parton's public images illustrated the naming of Dolly the Sheep after her, since the sheep was cloned from a cell taken from an adult Ewey's mammary gland? A ewe. A ewe? Is it's that a an animal? It's a sheep. Okay. So, after a female sheep's mammary gland. Mm-hmm. So, and I remember learning about that in the sophomore year of Science. biology. Mm-hmm. And then, in Mobile, Alabama, the General W.K. Wilson Jr. Bridge is commonly called the Dolly Parton Bridge because its arches resemble boobs. So. Oh, Mobile, Alabama. A pre- Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> so, mature. Good for you. Good job, Alabama. Alabama. Uh, 2005, she earned her second Academy, Academy, (laughs) 2005, she earned her second Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song for Traveling Through, Mm -hmm. which she wrote specifically for the film Transamerica, and due to the song and film's acceptance of transgender women, she received death threats. Oh, shit. Of course she did, because people suck. People are terrible. Um, and then, of course, she was on a couple episodes of Hannah Montana, mm-hmm. because why not? And my, I think one of the episodes was when, do you remember the episode where Miley, they were recording stuff, doing a video yearbook or something, and Miley was talking about how she has a crush on somebody, or she might have been talking about how she was Hannah Montana. So they needed to break into the school. I don't recall, to but get, that's fine. They needed to break into the school to get that video, and Dolly Parton helped them break into it, and they did, like, a little Ooh, spy yes, scene. Yes, I do have some vague memory of yeah. this. She was in a couple of episodes, and a guest, again, no, again, a guest, a guest, again, she was nominated for more awards. For Hannah Montana? Yeah. Okay. And she also sings with Miley a lot. They did a Jolene duet. Yes, they did. Um, and then, in 2007, she started her own record company called Dolly Records. Hell yeah. Because why Hell not? Yeah. They decided to make 9 to 5 into a musical. Oh, I did know that. Yeah, and so obviously Dolly wrote the score for it. 
So the musical ran at the Am Amundsen Theater in Los Angeles in late 2008, and then in 2009 it opened up on Broadway to mixed reviews. Um, the title track of her 2008 album, Backwoods Barbie, was written for the musical for the character Dora Lee. And then, basically, it just wasn't that great. Like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't that great. It just, it had 24 previews and 148 performances. Um, and was also nominated for some awards, I think. Oh, yeah, Dolly Parton was nominated for a Tony for this. Good. So, it wasn't bad and it wasn't great. It wasn't, you know. It was fine. It was fine. Um, but then, Dolly, because she's amazing, she invests most of her earnings into business ventures in East Tennessee, which she is responsible for that place, like, making money at all because of that. She is a co-owner of Dollywood, the Dollywood Company, which operates the theme park Dollywood. I think within the theme park, there's yeah. a dinner theater, Dolly Parton Stampede, and the water park, Dollywood Splash Country. Yes. Splash Country. Splash Country. Uh, Dollywood is the 24th most popular theme park in the United States. I want to go. With 3 million visitors per year, we should go. Then there just there's a couple locations all over in Missouri, California, or not California, Missouri, Florida, South Carolina. So in a 2009 interview on Larry King Live, she said she had written at least 3,000 songs, had been written seriously since the age of 7, and she also said she writes something every day, be it a song or an idea. Hmm. If, if shit pops in your head, write it down. Hell yeah. In 2010, her and Billy Ray Cyrus did an album together called Brother Clyde. Oh. Randomly in 2011, she voiced the character Dolly Gnome in the animated film Gnomeo God. and Juliet because every she names everything after herself, so I respect her, is what I wrote down. Yes, but also, no one saw that movie. <laughs> no. Gnomeo and Juliet. Gnomeo and Juliet. Uh, the South Carolina General Assembly declared June 3rd, 2011 as Dolly Parton Day. Oh, hell yes. We must celebrate. Got it. On February 11th, 2012, which is my mom's birthday, uh, Whitney Houston died. Oh. And that's the day Whitney Houston died. And Dolly Parton stated, Mine is only one of the million hearts broken over the death of Whitney Houston. I will always be grateful and in awe of the wonderful performance she did on my song. And I can truly say from the bottom of my heart, Whitney, I will always love you. You will be mm. missed. I'm going to cry. Um, I'm gonna cry. I'm just such an emotional person. On January 19th, 2012, her 66th birthday, Gaylord Opryland and Dollywood announced plans to open a $50 million water park and snow park, a family-friendly destination in Nashville that's open all year. 2014, she released her 42nd album. Hell yeah. Keep moving, lady. 2016, she was honored with the Willie Nelson Lifetime Achievement Award. And on May 6, 2016, she announced that her and her husband would renew their vows in honor of their 50th wedding anniversary. I just got goosebumps and I'm not even kidding. That literally makes me so happy. It does. It makes me really happy, too, because like I didn't even know she was married. I didn't either. I mean, I think I did in the back of my head, but like it was not a common thought. It's coming up on 53 years. If, if May 6 is their anniversary, it's almost almost 53 years. And then as of 2017, her net worth is estimated at $500 million. You think it would be more. I did too. But I feel like she invests a lot, I guess. In June 2018, Parton announced an eight-part Netflix series featuring her music career. Parton is playing as singer, songwriter, executive producer, and co-star in the series. When is that coming out? It uh, should have come out in June 2018. Or no, that's when she announced it, so I'm not sure. But it's almost a year. I would like thing. to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, in a 2019 episode of the Sky Arts music series, Brian Johnson, A Life on the Road, Parton described finding old cassette tapes and realizing that she'd composed both Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the same songwriting session, telling Johnson, 
buddy, that was a good night. Oh my god, cute. And then here's some facts, just some fun facts. Dollywood Foundation, her literacy program, Dolly Parton's Imagination Library, mails one book per month to each enrolled child from the time of their birth until they enter kindergarten. Currently, over 1,600 local communities provide the Imagination Library to almost... 850,000 children each month across the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, and the Republic of Ireland. Holy shot. In 2018, Parton was honored by the Library of Congress on the account of the charity sending out its 100 millionth book. Maybe she does that since her dad couldn't read. Maybe. Maybe. She is one of the most honored female country performers of all time. Mm-hmm. The Record Industry Association of America has certified 25 of her single or album releases as either gold record, platinum record, or multi-platinum. She has had 26 songs reach number one on the Billboard Country Charts, a record for a female artist. She has 42 career top 10 country albums, not just songs, a record for any artist, and 110 career charted singles over the past 40 years, all-inclusive sales of singles, albums, collaboration, records, compilation usage, and paid digital downloads during Parton's career have reportedly topped 100 million records around the world. Jesus. She earned nine Grammy Awards. Just got nine Grammys. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. And a total of 46 Grammy Award nominations, the most nominations of any female artist in history of the prestigious awards, a record tied by Beyonce. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So cool. that is Ms. Dolly Rebecca Potton. That's amazing. Thank yes. you for that. That you made me are really happy. So welcome. That's- Did you see Dumplin' on Netflix? I didn't like it. Oh, I loved it. I didn't like it. I loved the soundtrack, and I loved everything about it. But that's because I was a fat kid. The other thing that makes me so happy is that there's a song that was originally done by, I think it's originally Blake Shelton's song, which doesn't matter, but on Nashville, the show, Mm -hmm. they covered it at, like, a karaoke bar, and it's two of the people that I just, like, adore their voices. They're very good. And part part of, basically, the song is called You Ain't Dolly, and then You Ain't Porter. It's all about how they're, like... It's, it's really good. It's a good song. Aww. You should listen to it. It's by... Just search Nashville cast and you ain't Dolly. You ain't Dolly. Exactly. exactly. Nobody's out. And I like that she's still alive. Like, she's still going. She's just kicking. She's doing she her best. Living her best life. I don't know how old she would be today. Probably in her 70s. Hold on. Quick side Google. Dolly. I'm shocked you're not yelling at your phone. I know. It just hasn't been working out. <laughs> she's 73. Holy shit. Good for her. Happy birthday, Dolly Parton. Yay! Well, there we go again on our podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, please rate, subscribe, comment. Follow us on Tell Us More Podcast on Instagram.com. Do it. Make me happy. It's a very simple and easy thing to do. On Instagram.com. <laughs> Make sure to go to Instagram.com on your computers. Did I say that? Yes. Uh, you did. It's just, you know, or just use that app. Just go to Instagram.com or use the app. Bye. Thanks.